Welcome to Diverse Tech Leaders, where we jump into the fray and empower organizations on how to recruit diverse tech talent. I'm your host, Kristen Lamoureux. We break the show down into three types of episodes, for you, for your team, and for your organization. This episode is for you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Diverse Tech Leaders. I am thrilled to have Cindy Finkelman joining us today. Cindy is a diverse tech leader who is happiest when she's orchestrating business transformation enterprise-wide. She has served as a CIO, a CTO. She's led corporate platforms and functions at multiple Fortune 100, Fortune 25, Fortune 37, 57, you name it, companies. What I love most is that she also serves on nonprofit boards and really engages with her community. She is a brilliant strategist, mentor, straight shooter, which you will hear, a champion of women, and a leader I've called a friend for over a decade and a half. Welcome to Diverse Tech Leaders, Cindy. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. It's a pleasure to be here. It's See, she's lying right from the jump. It's going to be a great episode. So, Cindy, for the benefit of our listeners who haven't known you since God was a boy or a girl, why don't you give us a highlight film on your career? Literally, one of the things I love is that you've successfully navigated multiple industries. Sure, will do, Kristen. I am so fortunate to have had a very long and rewarding career in technology, and I've served in many different roles, and as you mentioned, in many different organizations. And I've learned something in every role and in every organization that I've been in. I started in infrastructure many years ago as a network systems engineer and worked my way up the traditional corporate ladder. And that meant a network engineer, a senior engineer, a team leader, a manager, And then after I got to be a manager, I was asked to lead a large data center implementation by the head of our our data centers at the time I worked for MetLife. And this was a program management role that wouldn't have any people reporting to it. And also, I didn't have any idea what my job would be once I was done with the assignment. I was at the time pretty afraid to take myself off the very traditional managerial career path. So at first I said, no. Now, Al, who was the VP of data centers, he, he tortured me for quite a bit of time on this. And he said to me that if I wanted to have a successful career in technology and one day be a CIO, I had to do different roles in technology. And he was offering me just that chance. After some time and much torture from him, I took the job and I never looked back. I had exposure to great technology. Let's be real, nobody built data centers back in those days very often. I got great managerial experience. I had to learn the art of influence and matrix management, all of which proved to be so valuable later on. I went on to do some other work for him, including enterprise security work. So again, learning new skills, meeting new people in the organization, and flexing different muscles. And all of this gave me so much broad exposure. 
10 years into infrastructure, I moved into the application domain and did some work in various companies, including Prudential, Marsh and McLennan, New York Life. And since then, I've done work in just about all operational aspects of a company. And by operational, I mean corporate operational. So finance, HR, sales, marketing, legal and compliance, etc. And while doing so, I also learned the business aspects of the corporate functions, along with the importance of transformational change management and leadership. Because it's almost impossible to put in technology without considering its impact to people's jobs. I also learned the concepts of effective and efficient service delivery to the enterprise and how important it is to scale the business. Again, all of these skills proved quite valuable. And the one thing also that I'll point out is that along the journey, I got to flex different leadership muscles, which was super important. I talked about influence, matrix management, working across an executive leadership team, all skills, building relationships that were just so important that will serve you well, not only in your professional career, but in your personal journey as well. I've also had some great product technology assignments, including working on many digital initiatives as the world moved to online marketing and online selling. And my most recent role as the CIO of FactSet allowed me to really use all of my skills to provide leadership for enterprise transformation, digital product transformation, enterprise risk management and security, and most importantly, cultural evolution. So as I said before, I've had such a rewarding career. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I've had. Now, with that versatility, how many of the roles that you held were due or, and or sourced via your network? Whether it was via referral, word of mouth, or where a contact hired you? I'm glad you mentioned the word network because first I want to talk about why it's so important to have a network. And I personally learned this as part of my journey throughout my career. Having a network is as as important, if not more important sometimes, than the skills you have and the job you perform. And there's many reasons for that, but ultimately your network is your community of people that you connect with, could be inside the company, could be outside the company, that you can really hone your technology, your leadership skills, and and just learn from. I've belonged to several important networks over the years, including Sim New York Metro, Sim Women, woohoo, HMG Strategy, Evanta, and now Wintag, which is a very small women's executive networking group where we're kind of focused on what's next for us in our professional journeys. But ultimately, the importance of that network will serve you throughout your journey. And what's just important to remember is that you build your network over many years. You meet people, they come and go, you come and go, you get busy at work, they get busy at work. But over the years and time, you connect and really learn from each other. And it's hard to build that network quickly. 
right? So when you really need the network, like when you might be thinking about your next job or you might have a really challenging, challenging issue to solve at the office. So when you need that network now, it's hard to just ratchet it up quickly. So if you stay networked throughout the years, and it is years, it will serve you well and pay it back to you in spades. I always say the best time to network is two years ago. Lay the groundwork, find a way to incorporate it into your weekly routine, if not daily routine. Absolutely. Then you have the foundation to stand on when you need it. Absolutely. And organizations like Sim Women and Sim New York Metro have monthly meetings. So if you're putting it on your calendar, right, it's going to be that extra reminder or sometimes some of us need that extra push to just get out there, right? And whether it be a Zoom virtual meeting or event or or an in-person activity, again, having something on the calendar helps you to actually get in that game and keep building your network. Anyway, back to your question. So I've been fortunate to have gotten most of the roles that I've had through my network. And yes, it's sort of been through many different mechanisms. It's been through referrals. It's been through word of mouth. It's been through search people in our professional networks who have known me for a while, who might call me up and say, hey, Cindy, I have this role. Do you know anyone? Are you interested in yourself? Somebody much wiser than me said six degrees of separation. I mean, it it's very true. And you'll find that the network is a very useful and rewarding tool to have. Mm-hmm. And because this is the Diverse Tech Leaders podcast, even though there is a greater focus on diversity today, you can't wait around for somebody to find you. A good friend of mine said that, especially in New York, you only notice the taxi cabs that have their light on because it means something to you personally. So what accountability do diverse tech leaders have for being visible, whether it's in their industry, in an association, or even inside their company? And what should they do to garner more visibility? So for me, being a leader means that you have a responsibility to the community you serve in to sort of raise the bar, right? Up the game. I've always taken it upon myself to to make sure that I am as visible as possible. And that's in many different ways. It could be as small as going to lunch in the cafeteria with different people, or it could be hosting small or large groups on various topics, or just a lunch kind of roundtable thing. It could be volunteering for work outside of your comfort zone, but showing others that you as the leader are doing that is super important. And guess what? When you do that, you can have the opportunity to select diverse players to join you, right? So making sure that you're always thinking about representation and how you show up is super important. I also think that speaking, I'm going back to now my network discussion, and speaking about something that 
you enjoy, that you're good at, or maybe that you're passionate about, is another way to be visible in your community. I like to speak on the topic of how companies scale up their business models. And it's helped me to be recognized as someone who likes to do that kind of work. And so, but I also like to do it in a manner in which I can be visible to others, other women, and I like to bring other women or other diverse players to the table to be with me as part of those discussions, presentations, etc. And I mean, ultimately, I think as leaders, it's our responsibility to give those around us an opportunity. Yeah, you've also always been really good about exposing diverse team members to leadership events. So that because the focus of this session is really about the individuals, you know, this is one of those for you episodes. Is that something that when you're interviewing, you vet before joining an organization, you know, that how they level up and cultivate their diverse talent? Or is that something that once you join an organization, you're like, yeah, this shit is on. This is how we're doing this. So this is a little harder to tell, at least I've found. It's not that I'm skeptical. It's just that talk is cheap and actions matter. So it's one thing to talk on an interview, but it's another thing maybe, and when you're talking on an interview, you can certainly ask questions like, for example, what kinds of business resource groups do you have? You can even ask, are they funded? Do you have a diversity and inclusion office? You can ask about the community initiatives that are done to sort of get a little bit of a feeling. For me, though, I have found that reaching into my network, here's the network example again, that reaching into my network to try to get some view inside the company, not through a traditional interview approach, is super helpful. And that you might be able to get information in a different way that might help you make those decisions, right? What's the company really like? Are they really committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Are the business resource groups just lip service or are they really putting on meaningful events? It's not just a LinkedIn marketing campaign, but what is the work that's going on? And at the end of the day, when decisions are being made about the work that's going on, is there a diverse set of players sitting around the table? Is the leadership team diverse? Right? So those are some of the ways that you can think about is this organization the right one for you because of their commitments to diversity, equity, inclusion? Yeah. Another tip that a friend of mine who's another CIO said is once you do, you've selected, you've done your homework, you've gotten the offer, you've said yes, is to then have key lunches with players before you even start and say, okay, now that I've said yes, tell me what is the real deal. What's, what politics do I need to be aware of to be successful? What obstacles are going to be in my way? And 
things that you're passionate about, whether it is leadership development, whether it is diversity and inclusion and equity, regardless of whatever that passion is, exploring that and saying, okay, just so I don't get myself in hot water, here we go. And really starting to build trust with the people that you're working with. Now, Cindy, you and I have long bemoaned the shortage of women in leadership roles and speaking at conferences. And I've talked about being visible. You've talked about having personal accountability. So what are you doing to make a difference and to help develop others? So I think the topic of leadership development is so important. And I take that almost as a personal mission. And I'd like to ask people two things. What are they doing to develop themselves? And what are they doing to develop others? So the first component is just a reminder that everyone, no matter what level they're at, should do something to further their craft. It could be a class, it could be trying a new job, it could be joining a networking organization, it could be reading a couple of articles a month. It can be anything that works for that individual, but do something every year, every time period, you're doing something to develop yourself. Second, what are you doing to develop others? So turn around to your neighbor turn around to the people you work with, turn around to the people in the broader organization and make sure that they're doing something to develop themselves as well. As professionals, as technology professionals, even more importantly, we have to make sure that we keep our skills as current as humanly possible. And we can only do that if we're developing sort of a culture within ourselves of continuous learning. And if you're not doing that, ask yourself why, because the world is going to go well ahead of you without you, right? And that will help to develop people by using that those two simple questions, but it'll also help to develop a community of others helping others, right? And that's when you're really planting the seeds of continuous learning in your organization in your networking groups, at home even. In terms of diversity, again, I always talk job change. Part of it is just my, I'm a recruiter. Duh, it's my my lens that I go to. But we all can't go work somewhere else. So what advice do you have for us as individuals to try and affect change regarding diversity within our own workplaces? So I think that we as individuals actually have a lot of power to affect change. And I think that we just have to be comfortable not waiting for those above us to have the answer or to take action, right? So there's a couple of dimensions. When bringing people into the organization, you're a recruiter, I think it's always important to consider some sort of diverse slate and not hire people that look or think or believe exactly like you. It's not always easy. 
right? It can be quite difficult. It can elongate the time to find the right person. But nonetheless, as leaders, we should make sure that we set expectations with our business partners that the recruiting might take a long time. But with their help and support, we will together lay the foundation for a more diverse team. So make sure you are striving to always at least see a pipeline of diverse talent before you make the hire. Second, internally, right? You're sitting internally in a meeting and you're looking around the table or the virtual table, the Zoom room, as we've done for the past year and a half, and ask yourself, is this really a diverse group that I'm working with? Is it diverse in terms of representation? Is it diverse in terms of thought? Is it diverse in terms of function? And if it's not, do something about it. If you don't feel empowered to do something about it, talk to your manager. Do something about it. Raise the issue. The more people that actually raise the issue within the company, the quicker we'll get to all being in a better place with this topic. We can't wait for the senior most leaders to have all the answers and to take all the actions. It has to be within everyone to do something to advance this topic. Absolutely. And there is a fantastic catalyst white paper that talks about, in particular, when women are looking to advance gender diversity within their workplace and they are only talking with other women, they're successful. It's like 37% of the time. But when they partner with gentlemen, in their workspaces to, again, work toward affecting change, they're effective 97% of the time. So yeah, I'm not a math major. I was an English major, but I do go to Las Vegas and Vegas odds are on partnering across the board. And that's one of the challenges you and I have talked about this, you know, sim women, We've been inclusive, not divisive all the time. So we have gentlemen show up at every event, every meeting, every webinar, because we can't just talk to each other. We have to cross all barriers, whether it's gender, race, who you love, who you marry, all of it. Embrace and just say, hey, let's all solution on this, because it's going to take ideas from all of us to address things and make things better. So I know we hadn't prepped on it, but, you know, as I said, one of the things that I love is that you do get involved in the nonprofit space. So talk to me in terms of your board pursuits and the amount of time that you put towards those pursuits, because it ends up being a chunk. So I for many years served on the board of a small not-for-profit here in New York City, and we helped homeless women and children get to levels of self-sufficiency and exit the shelter system. And it proved to be such meaningful work for me. And my upbringing was that of my parents' encouragement and love. 
And when you see people that don't get that, that encouragement, that support, that love, that you can do anything, you just can be what you want to be, study hard and it'll happen. When you don't get that encouragement, it's hard to get past where you are. And working in this organization was really so meaningful because it made me appreciate my upbringing that much more. And I was able to bring the principles of my upbringing to this organization. I was also able to help this company from a more of a corporate standpoint grow bigger and prepare for being a much larger organization to scale it. And so it was very meaningful. I'm somebody who believes in purpose and that makes all the other BS worth it, right? <laughs> I mean, like it does. we are all slogging in, in one way, shape or form, but recognizing the responsibility that as leaders we have to ourselves, to our teams, to our organizations and our communities to how can we help? And that's, I joke all the time. I love this podcast because it's about how do we make a difference? How do we help and have some laughs along the way? Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. All right. So I always ask, final question, what's your favorite song? That was the toughest question of them all, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) It's My Life by John Bon Jovi. There you go. Is there a personal story behind that or you just like the song? I love the song. I love what it stands for. And it's almost a little bit of a battle cry. <laughs> it is. It's a rock anthem. It's an anthem. It's a rock song. anthem. <laughs> it's a think anthem. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for making time for us today. I am going to be posting show notes and any links to your LinkedIn profile, if people can get in touch with you via the diversetechleaders.com website. Again, if you enjoyed today, please be sure to like, subscribe. And again, Cindy, you rock. I love and adore you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kristen. Had a great time. Thank you for spending your time with us. As always, we hope that you continue to benefit and grow from listening to Diverse Tech Leaders. If you'd enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes or whichever platform you're using to listen. You can also get more information at diversetechleaders.com. Stay well.